Hey, how's it going, NBA fans? This is Kevin Haswell alongside Blake Pace for another episode of Courtside Take. We got, you know, the Western Conference shifting all over the place while my Sixers, three seed in the Eastern Conference, looks like they're going to be the three seed. Blake, how you doing? Not bad. And yeah, the Eastern Conference, all eight seeds clinched. Um, still, I think, you know, the five through eight in the West need to be clinched. And there's, you know, a bunch of teams outside, nine and ten, looking at making it Clippers. and Or Clippers are eliminated. Yep, I mean, Clippers are eliminated. Nuggets still uh, It's the Nuggets and the uh, Timberwolves right now are tied for eighth. Gotcha. But Timberwolves have the tiebreaker there. So. And we've got probably, what, two games left for each of each those team, teams. Yep. So, yeah, we're getting close. Yep, definitely. So, while, you know, the season is winding down, we didn't want to jump into a playoff preview when we don't know the teams um, and where they're going to end up in the standings. So, today, figured we'd do a fun episode, do our top 20 NBA players uh, it's exciting um, to go through this list because I know last week we had the big argument on DeMar DeRozan whether he's a top 15 player. Shocker, he didn't even make my top 20. Uh, spoiler Shocker, alert. Shocker, 70% of voters on a Twitter poll say he is a top How 15. How many voters were there? Were there? Uh, 20. Okay, so there are 20 people out of 300 <laughs> and whatever million people in the United States voted on that poll. Don't think that's quite the result. Yeah, but 70%, I'll, I'll take it for now. <laughs> okay. All right, it. so we'll jump into our... Rankings, the way we're going to do this, we're going to both reveal our number 20, 19, and so forth. We're going to go one pick at a time. Uh, we'll start with Blake. Who's your number 20 player in the NBA? Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Um, I I was kind of, 20 was a weird spot for me, and then I looked at teams in the playoffs, and I looked, you know, who's their star player? Um, Nikola Jokic deserves to be in there. He does it all. He's a great um, passer, rebounder, great scorer for the Denver Nuggets, and he's got them, you know, looking at the playoffs right now, um, I just think that because he can do so many different things that he deserves to kind of be, you know, recognized as a top 20 talent, even if it is at the latter half of it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you just go over his numbers. 18.3 points, 10.6 rebounds, 6.1 assists out of a guy who did, plays more down in the post at center. 24.4 uh, uh, player efficiency rating. Uh, shoots 85% from the line as a center. That's really good. 39% from three. Uh, both really good numbers for, especially for a center. Uh, he's known as probably the best passing center in the NBA. I think he's you know better than Marcus Hall at this point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have him at number twenty-two. Uh, number twenty, I mean. Um, so uh, we both you know match up on that one. I doubt we're going to match up the rest of the way. But oh, yeah. yep, Nikola Jokic definitely a, a great player, and you know has the Nuggets right on the cusp of uh, making the playoffs. Uh, we'll see if you know they can pull something off the last two games, but. There you go. What about number 19? Number 19, I've got John Wall, point guard of the Washington Wizards. Um, He's, you know, only been able to play 40 games this year, um, but has contributed 19 points a game, uh, 9.5 assists, um, shooting, you know, pretty low from the free throw. He's never been a great free throw shooter. Um, Career average of 78%, not, you know, top tier like some of these other point guards you see in the league who, you know, getting close to that 90 clip. Um... He's shooting 35% from three this year, um, better than last season, better than some of his years that he's had. I mean, geez, in 2011-2012, he shot .071, uh, so that's pretty abysmal. 7% from the three. That's pretty bad. Um, so, well, how many attempts, though? Uh, total attempts, I let's see, total attempts, 42. 42 threes, he hit three of them. That's not. Good. That's pretty bad. Uh, John Wall, uh, two-way guard. You know, not the best player on his team. I'll definitely tell you that. Um, but is a top twenty talent. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'm not gonna go with the same player as you at 
number 19, but, you know, John Wall, definitely respectable. Are you penalizing him for, you know, being hurt much of this year and, you know, missing a lot last year? Yeah, yeah, I think the injuries went in with that. So do you think he's, uh, you know, closer to a top 10 player when on the court full-time? When on the court, I think he's closer to the 13 to 15 range um, just because of his two-way abilities um, and what he brings to the team. All right, so I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert at number 19. Uh, you know, probably the best defensive player in the whole NBA. Um, uh, offensively, a 20.8 player efficiency rating, shooting 62.4% from the field, averaging a double-double. You know, what you know what he's done for this Jazz team, I mean, he was hurt first half of the year, and, you know, since then we, you know, we were talking about this before we got on the episode, but, you know, the, the Jazz have really jumped from 10 seed to the 4 seed really quick, and I don't think it's a coincidence that Rudy Gobert came back a couple weeks ago, so... Uh, Rudy Gobert is my number 19. Number 18, Blake. Just as you said, Rudy Gobert, um, I guess we're kind of you know, close on him, um, having him in that 18-19 spot. Um, like you said, you know, possibly the best defensive player in the league, anchoring this Jazz team. Great complimentary role to Donovan Mitchell, who's taken over the scoring load for them. Um, they've also had great uh, contributions from uh, Ricky Rubio this season, so that's been solid on their part. Um, you know, just... Uh, a great talent. He's still 25 years old, turns um, 26 sometime this summer. But uh, the French Rejection, I like that nickname. I didn't know that. <laughs> that was the French Rejection. You like that? You think that's a good nickname for him? Or do you like the Gobert Report, Gobzilla, the Stifle Tower? I like no. the last one, the Stifle Tower. The Stifle Tower. I think that's, that's kinda... a pretty good one. But, yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> you know, Rudy Gobert, like I just talked about, has been amazing for the Jazz. Uh, I mean... He did get hurt this year. He was out much of the year. Do you think, uh, again, I'm going to ask you this question over and over again, are you penalizing him at all for, you know, being hurt all year? Or is 19 where you, you know, see, or 18 where, where you really see him in the top Eight, 20? 18 is where I see him, and that might just be because um, his offensive skill set, the centers I have above him, um, and there are a few, are capable of, of taking the ball out in space, you know, going out to the perimeter. Um, because his offensive game is so limited to inside the paint, I think, you know, 18 to 20, maybe he could get up to that 15, but that's kind of his range right now. That's where it limits him. So I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go with a biased pick here at 18, Joel Embiid. Uh, you know, he's been amazing other than, you know, the eye injury this year. He's been pretty consistent. He played in 63 games, averaging about 23 points, 11 rebounds, uh, 3.2 assists on uh, 48% shooting, and uh, 1.8 blocks per game. Um, you know, you see it with how successful the Sixers have been all year. Um, winners of 14 straight, now the three seed in the East. Joel Embiid has to be the pick. I mean, a 23 uh, basically 23 player efficiency rating, a 51.4 effective field goal percentage uh, for a center shooting, you know, over 30% from three, which makes him, you know, a threat. So Joel Embiid got to be not my number 18. Mm-hmm. And I think you're a little too low on him. I have him at 17. We'll just go right on to that. He's my 17th. Um, you know, it's great to see him, you know, play basically a full season. You know, he's got uh, 63 games on the year. Of course, you know, the late eye injury. It's just good to see him not, you know, be dealing with nagging leg injuries, knee stuff, um, ankle problems. Um, and, yeah, he's, I mean, he's got Philadelphia in a great spot. Um, him alongside Ben Simmons, you know, they've, they've got it rolling for Philadelphia. You know, that, that win that they sealed against the Cavs was a big one, moving to, three, uh, to the three seed in the East. I know he wasn't playing, but, uh, 
Yeah, a, a great year um, for Joel Embiid. Definitely a top 20 player and has the potential to skyrocket next year. Yeah, I think he has the potential to be a top 10 player mm-hmm. next year, uh, maybe even top five. I mean, we'll see. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to be in that company of, you know, the guys that I at least have in my top five. I mean, I don't know if he'll ever be at that point, but... Yeah, the guys in my top five, it's just repeated success of that. Like, if Joel Embiid's numbers are like this consistently and, you know, even points per game gets up there a little more, definitely has a chance to be a top 10 player in the league. So I'm going to go a little different. I don't even know if you have this guy in your top 20, uh, but I'm going to go with Kyrie Irving at 17. Ooh. Um, you know, it, people might say it's a hot take, but player efficiency rating of 25, win share of 8.9 this year, uh, sh- shooting 49% from the field. It's pretty good for a guard. Um, 24.4 points, 5.1 assists, 3.8 uh, rebounds. Um, and, you know, the difference this year has been his defense. I mean, he's averaging over a, a steal a game. Um, his saber metrics on the defensive end of the floor have uh, been much better. And, you know, I, you know, he's out for the year with the, you know, the left knee um, injury and, you know, the surgery he went through. But I still think he's a top 20 player. Um, and I'm interested to hear your, your take on it. Yeah. So did you knock him for being hurt? No, that's where really? I think he is. You I have him. I have him significantly higher than that. Wow! Wow! Because yeah, I was uh, I was actually reading through some lists before this episode. A lot of people didn't have him top twenty at all. That's so um, interesting. A lot of preseason lists. Yeah. I mean, obviously he he turned it up a little bit this year, so those are not as good. Wow. But I mean, I'm looking here: forty point eight percent from three, eighty eight point nine percent from the line, effective field goal percentage of fifty six point eight. I mean. He's got to be in the top 20. And was I, the, I, I was yeah. figuring that maybe you wouldn't have him in your top 20, but you do. No, uh, you I definitely. Higher, so. yeah, I'll talk about him later in the list, That's but he's definitely on my top 20. Sounds good. So uh, who do you have at number 16? Number 16, Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards. Uh, almost 23 points a game, under five assists, four and a half rebounds, shooting 38% from three, 80% from the free throw line, PR of 18.7. Um you know, losing John Wall and, and dealing with this Wizards roster that he had to kind of take over as the leader, he did a great job of keeping them playoff relevant. But did he? I mean, they're sitting in the eighth seed. Yeah, but think about now. who else he's playing with. I mean, for him to be able to I mean, keep they, them... they have some talent. I mean, they have Otto Dude. Porter, um, Kelly Oubre, Marquis Morris. Their bench is one of the worst in the league. Yeah. And Martian Gortat is one of the worst starting centers in the league as well. So, you know, and, and then you lose John Wall. I just think that this team shouldn't be in playoff position for how long they lost him. And so Beal, um, keeping this team afloat, 24 years old. Um, the stats he's putting up, he's played in 80 games this year. Um, I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he's played in every single game. They have two games left. Um, so, you know, him being a reliable, consistent presence, Leading the team after they lost their first star, uh, he's in my mind undoubtedly a top twenty player. That's interesting because I did not him? put him in my top twenty. Uh, you know, I went a little different with number sixteen. I actually put someone that probably uh, should be in the top eight or ten, uh, if not hurt. But that's Demarcus Cousins. Uh, the reason I'm putting Demarcus Cousins so low is because of the Achilles. I don't know if he'll ever be the same player again. Um, you know, the way he was playing this year. I mean. Uh, 25.2 points, almost 13 rebounds, over five assists, uh, 47% from the field, uh, 22.6 PER. I mean, those numbers easily put him in the top 10 when healthy, but, uh, you know, Achilles injury with someone at, you know, 270 pounds like he is uh, really relies on, you know, going up and getting rebounds. I don't know if he'll ever be the same again. And that's why I knocked him so far down. Um, 
But, yeah, that's my uh, number 16. Mm -hmm. So what about your number 15? Number 15, we got into a heated debate about him last week. I have DeMar DeRozan. You did that on purpose. No, I think I think I would have him over Bradley Beal and the guys below him as well this season. This specific season that he's had, I think that that he's you know a top fifteen player. Um, we had the, the the lengthy discussion last week. Um, twenty three points a game. He's appeared in seventy eight games this year, playing almost thirty four minutes a game, shooting forty five percent from the field. Three point shooting has never been his forte, but it's one of his best seasons from beyond the arc. Um, let's take a look. Uh, Five over five assists a game, four rebounds a game, um, and a steal a game as well. I just think that for a team to be so successful, I think that um, there there has to be a reason behind it. And I do like the rotation that Toronto has, but like to me, he's their star player. Kyle Lowry, um, we've seen it time and again. He you know kind of falls off in the playoffs. Um, he, you know he slips in the regular season. Demar Derozan is also. Um, you know, he also sometimes will just fall apart, but uh, I think that this season specifically, he's taken on that leadership role. This is my team, and he's, you know, led the Raptors to the second seed in the East. I, I just don't know how you have him in your top 25, or top 20. I mean, the guy's just not that good. I mean, defensively, we looked it up, he doesn't he doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, he's, you know, maybe top 25 in Sabermetrics, um, but... You know, what does that say about you if your offense isn't even top 20 and your defense lags? I mean, I think, well, because he also, I think that's, you know, he takes on the opponent's best guard. Kyle Lowry, little undersized, isn't the one that's taking on, you know, the best guards in the league. And those are some of the best players in the league. They're, you know, it's a guard-heavy league. Um, and I think DeMar DeRozan is, you know, often, you know, the number one defense option for those top guards. So, you know, the numbers aren't great. But I think he's also dealing with having to, you know, guard a very of, uh, you know, talented players. Some guys that, a bunch of guys that are in my top ten even. All right, we're yeah, gonna just I'm a, a, we're gonna, gonna agree gonna to disagree. Dis- yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go number fifteen. I'm gonna go with John Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he has the potential to be, you know, between that ten and twelve range uh, when healthy for a full season. But he's not healthy uh, this year, so I'm gonna penalize him, put him at fifteen, um, and. It's interesting that you talked about Brad Beal because I don't have Brad Beal in my top yeah. 20 either. Um, just not a fan. Uh, not a fan of you know him as a two-way player. I really take that into account uh, for these top 20 players. A lot of these guys can play on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, exceptions would probably be Kyrie Irving and of course you know James Harden. Um, but most guys on my list are, are terrific two-way players. Yeah. And I think that's you know very important in today's NBA. Yeah, I guess I'm just a little lower on him because he did miss time. And I think for a stretch, you know, while they have slipped the past few weeks, it's also funny that John Wall just came back. Um, Maybe take that into effect. You know, the Wizards were one of the hottest teams after John Wall got hurt. Um, So I don't know what that does to the flow of their team. But I think the success that they had without him is why I felt better about um, Beal as as part of my list than John Wall. Yeah, I mean... I don't know how much we should be penalizing these players for being hurt. Yeah. Because, you know, some of these guys... Well, I mean, you had DeMarcus Cousins at, what, 17? But that's that's because I think that's more of a year long Okay. I think that's, you know, a long-term problem for Uh him. Whereas, you know, obviously... Well, obviously, Wall's injuries also, you know, could be a long-term thing because, you know, it keeps popping up on his, you know, knee injuries and all this stuff. 
but then something like Joel Embiid, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna penalize him for getting hit in the face by his own teammate. So mm-hmm. um, you, you really have to you know take those with a grain of salt, but also you know think about what they're gonna do for their future. So yeah. we'll move on to number fourteen. Uh, you know who do you have? I have uh, Damian Lillard, point guard of the Portland Trailblazers, at number fourteen. Um, you know the three seed in the West right now in the highly competitive West. Almost 27 points a game, a PR of 25.1, shooting 92% from the free throw line, 44% from f- the field, and uh, 36.5% from three, a win share of 12.2. Um, you know, he's been the leader for this team, and they're, they're one of the hottest teams in the Western Conference right now. To be the third team in the West with, you know, so many great teams below them, I think that solidifies that, you know, he's he's a big-time player in this league. Um Definitely, I, he doesn't, you know, in my mind, sink lower than a top 15 player. Um, I, I just, I got to have him at number 14. I match you on that. I really? Know it, I had Damian Lillard nice. as my 14th player. Uh, like you said, I mean, you ran through the stats. I mean, what he's done uh, for Terry Stotts and that Blazers team this year. I mean, to have them at the three seed, we have to, you know, not only look at his individual numbers, but what, you know, yeah. where he's brought his team. Um, and, you know, in a very competitive Western Conference, they're, you know, a couple games up on that three seed, uh, you know, basically going to end up with the three seed. So got to give them a lot of credit. I mean, this is a team that, you know, at the beginning of the season, maybe te- uh, people wouldn't have put them in the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a borderline playoff team, and, you know, now they're the three seed, well over 500. So Damian Lillard's my 14. What about your 13? Paul George, small forward for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, you know, it, it's tough watching players thrive outside of – you know, an organization, and then they go play alongside Russell Westbrook, and you see kind of their play dwindle. Um, you know, that's, you know, one thing. You know, Russell Westbrook is definitely one of the most talented players in the NBA, but he does take away from his second and third options on the team. I mean, you've seen Victor Oladipo explode this year in Indiana. Um, you know, Paul George is is undoubtedly a top 15 player in this league and could even creep in towards that 10 to 12 range. Um, I have him at 13. Uh, 21 and a half points per game, almost six assists, or three and a half assists, almost six rebounds, um, PR of 18.4, shooting almost 40% from the three. Um, I think also just his two-way ability, like you said, you have a lot of two-way players on there. Paul George has been one of the better wing defenders this year um, in a really great defensive unit in Oklahoma City. I mean, they were one of, they were one of the best defensive teams when uh, Andre Robertson was, you know, at the two. Um, PG-13. You know, if he chooses to stay in Oklahoma City, I think they can still make things work. But if he leaves and goes to a place with, you know, um, where the the ball sharing is, you know, heavier and, you know, they you have a great offensive unit, I think you could see him explode and have one of the better years of his career. Yeah, I'm actually going to match you on that one as Jeez. well. I have Paul George at 13. Um, you know, I, I don't know if saying his play has dwindled because of Russell Westbrook um, is 100% the only reason. Like, you know, it, it, it happens with around any other star player. I mean, Steph Curry's yeah, numbers... Yeah, your numbers go down. Steph Curry's numbers have gone down <laughs> since Kevin Durant went to the yeah. Warriors. And, you know, while, you know, of course, um, the counting numbers have gone down, I mean, let's look at the advanced uh, numbers. I mean, offensively, he's gotten a little bit worse, but... Uh, defensively, he's been better this year, uh, according to you know the metrics. Uh, player efficiency ratings a little bit down, but which is weird because usually if you play with another star player, you become more efficient because yeah. you're taking better shots. Um, but you know I, it'll be 
interesting to see what happens with him this offseason where he goes because uh, he's definitely capable of being a top 10 player. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I think we're both kind of penalizing him for having numbers, uh, down numbers because he's playing alongside other stars now. Exactly. And, and it's not to say that everyone who plays with Russell Westbrook, you know, struggles or, you know, loses their numbers. I mean, Kevin Durant, you know, was still far and away um, one of the best players in the league when he was playing with Russ. Um, but, you know, you've seen guys, uh, Sabonis and Oladipo specifically, who have gone on to thrive. Um, uh, who's another guy? Reggie Jackson was playing behind Russ for a while. He went and had some success in Detroit. Um, I just think sometimes when you get with a star who is not inefficient, but definitely um, doesn't create a ton of opportunities for his other uh, shooters then your numbers kind of get affected a little by that. Yeah, and I could see that. So we'll uh, move on to 13, no, 12. 12. Uh, who do you got 12? Got the big man from Minnesota, Carl Anthony Towns wow. at number 12. Um, 21 points a game, 12 and a half rebounds, 54% from the field, 42% from three, 86% from the free throw line, a PR of almost 25, uh, win share of 13.4, um, I may even be a little too low on him, um, but right now I have him at number 12. I think just most in part to the fact that the team has kind of struggled since they lost Jimmy Butler, and it, there's been more pressure put on Wiggins and Towns, and they kind of haven't lived up to it. Um, it really shows me that Jimmy Butler, you know, is a needed presence with that team, and without them, you know, they, they struggle a little bit. But, you know, his numbers are unbelievable. He's played in every game this season, over 20 points, 12 and a half rebounds, um, one of the bright young talents, the, form, uh, the former number one overall pick. Um, he's going to have a great career, can easily climb into even you know the top eight players in the league. Um, I just think it needs a little time. So that's where we're going to differ. I'm going uh, at number 12 with Draymond Green. Whoa, what? You're, ju- you're jumping all over the place. You're going to be mad. But Draymond Green? Listen, he is you know one of the best defensive players in the NBA. I know his numbers are a little bit down this year on uh, you know, the defensive end of the floor. Um, but the way he spreads the ball and what he's done for this Warriors team while all of these guys have been out has been terrific. I mean, uh, you know, despite losing Durant for time, Steph Curry for time, Klay Thompson for time, uh, you know, the Warriors still have, what, 56 wins? They might win 60 games. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, what he's done for this team offensively and de- defensively, I mean, 11 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 45% from the field, 77% from the line, uh, a 16.2 PER. You know, he was Defensive Player of the Year last year. I don't know how you don't have Draymond Green in your top 20. So a team that's lost nine games since the All-Star break is supposed to have their, what, their fourth best player at number 12? That makes no sense to me. I, I don't understand how you can have Draymond Green even on this list. There's so many players that are He's just... He's obviously a top 20 player. Like, I don't know how you don't put him in your top 20. His defensive presence, I mean, he literally can guard any position on the floor. I don't have him in there because uh, 30% from three, 45 from the field. I mean, barely a starter's PER of 16.2. That is barely above your average starter. Only a 6.3 win share for the second best team in the Western Conference. Um, yes, he does a little bit of everything, but it, it's, you know, drastically down from years before. I mean, 11 points. Great. Uh, effective field goal percentage of 51. That's lower than a 2015-2016 uh, season, the 2014-2015 season. Um, has still missed time as well. I mean, he's he's played in 69 games, but he also has been hurt. He's been banged up a little. Um, 
30% from the three for a guy that, you know, is coming off, he, he was at 30% last year, but almost 40% the year before, 34% the year before that. Um, you know, I just, I'm shocked that you have Draymond on this list. I just don't, I don't see it. I mean, I guess I don't see how DeMar DeRozan's a top so, player. So, either, so, I just, just looking at the rest of this list, I mean, you would rather have Draymond Green on your team than Joel Embiid. Yes. How? Draymond Green can play, like, Draymond Green. Can Draymond Green guard Joel Embiid? That was a solid question, but I still think Draymond Green's a better oh. player. Has Joel Embiid won a defensive player of the year? Oh my gosh, Joel Embiid's played one full season. Has he won defensive player? He's not going to win defensive player of the year this year. It's going to be no. Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert. Yeah, but it's not going to be Draymond Green. Yeah, so this but, is the top twenty players, you know. Yes, right but, now. But but like you said earlier in the podcast, you're taking a lot of guys based off consistency throughout their career, and he's been very consistent throughout his career. He's won NBA titles. He plays great defense. He you know moves the ball very well offensively, and he's the best defensive player on you know the best defensive team in the NBA. I just think that this is the worst year the Warriors have had since their great run, and Draymond Green has also had his worst year since that run. So I, I just I don't even have him close to my top twenty. Well, we'll Crazy. move on because you're disagreeing with yeah. me. And Dude, wait, you have Carl Anthony Towns on your list, right? Yes. Okay, good. That's uh, that's just what I needed to hear. Number eleven, right ahead of him, I have uh, right ahead of Carl Anthony Towns, I have Jimmy Butler, um, one of the best two way players in the league. Uh, this year, before he went down, 22 points a game, 5 assists, over 5 rebounds. Uh, shot 48% from the field, 35% from 3, almost 86% uh, from the free throw line, a PR of 23.6. Um, you know, he, you, you saw when, you know, the when he went down to his injury that the uh, the Timberwolves kind of took a step back. It wasn't like when John Wall went down and the, the Wizards started playing better. You know, they, they definitely took um, a hit after losing their number one player. Um, this is kind of where my consistency put him over Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns has been in the league two, three years now. Um, and Jimmy Butler has consistently been, you know, a top performer on both ends of the floor. Uh, just creeping towards my top ten, but I have him at number 11. So, number 11, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. Oh. Which is probably nice. number 10. No, I just talked about Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay. <laughs> so, I will match you on that then. So, you have Jimmy Butler at 11. Same yep. with me. Uh, I I think he you know, he can be higher on this list. Uh, I did penalize him a little bit for the injury this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Timberwolves are, you know, might not even make the playoffs because he got hurt. Uh, but that will be my number 11. We'll speed this up a little bit yeah. since we've uh, gone – 27 minutes to get through our uh, oh, 20 wow. through 11. So um, we'll go with Chris Paul. Uh, well, I just gave away mine. We'll go with yours first, though. So, uh, number 10. Yeah, 10 and 9 are going to be our biggest disagreements. I have Kyrie Irving at number 10. Ooh. Just because all the time that he played, uh, they were the, they're still the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Um, his defense was improved. Uh, his his offense was, you know, remains uh, seemingly consistent. Um I just think that if you're the best player on the best team in a specific conference, that you know that says a lot about you. I know I've talked for weeks about how Brad Stevens makes this team better than they should be, but Kyrie Irving, um, one of the best ball handlers in the league, uh, is the most one of the most creative shot makers in the league, um, behind you know Steph Curry and James Harden. Uh, Kyrie Irving 
my opinion, top 10 player in the league. I'm going to go with Chris Paul on this one. Uh, you know, I understand why you put Kyrie up there. And you're going to disagree because you don't have, do you have Chris Paul in your top 20? I don't. Oh, my God. What? I don't. Chris Paul is so good. I don't know how you don't have him. I have him. Like he's something. he's right here is my 21. Literally 18.6 points per game, almost eight assists, over five rebounds, almost 46% from the field, 92% from the line, 24.2 player efficiency rating, and 9.9 win shares. I mean, the Rockets are the best team in the NBA. He's the second best player on the best team in the NBA. Uh, I mean, we have uh, we each have two. Well, I guess we only have two Warriors each on our uh, top twenty, but they're not even you know. Well, you have three, two. Stop. Yeah. Oh God, we're gonna we're gonna disagree. Oh my well, God. Well, I have three. Well, I have three. Yeah. You have three. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, you I don't have were... three. No, I don't have three. Okay. I have two. I just don't know how you don't have Chris Paul in there. I mean, he's offensively. And defensively, uh, you know, one of the best point guards in the NBA, and he has been for years. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see his advanced metrics. You know, he's a 1.0 defensive, uh, one defensive box plus minus, and a six offensive box plus minus for a seven, which is top five in the NBA this mm-hmm. year for offensive box plus minus. Um, I'm really curious <laughs> on how you don't have Chris Paul in your top 20. All right, so let's take a look at Chris Paul and Kyrie Irving. Those are two guys who disagreed on. Kyrie's a little bit lower on your list. I don't have Chris Paul in my top 20. I have him at 21. Uh, Chris Paul has played in three fewer games than Kyrie. Kyrie is averaging almost six and a half more points per game. Uh, Chris Paul has three more assists per game. Kyrie has a higher PER, is shooting better from the three, better from the field, um, and slightly worse from the free throw line. Uh, Let's see. Win shares um, in Houston is a little elevated because they're the best team in the league. Um, I know Boston, you know, Kyrie's win shares 8.9, just around there. Um, Kind of like how Brad Stevens elevates his team's defense, Mike D'Antoni elevates his team's offense. Um, So just those numbers, the shooting percentages are better for Kyrie, the scoring, the games he's played, um, he's been available in more. I know Chris Paul's the secondary option, so maybe his numbers get hindered by that, but he's also in the best offensive scheme in basketball, and that definitely elevates his play. That's my that's my 60-second argument. <laughs> uh, I just don't agree with that argument. But we'll move on because <laughs> at the end of the day, he's a top 10 player. Oh, um, yikes. And I don't see how you don't agree with that. Oh, so, can't. number nine, uh, who do you got? DeMarcus Cousins. Um, and you, you knocked him pretty low for his injury. I can't. Um, one of the most dominant forces in basketball was the best center in the league before he got hurt, had the Pelicans at looking like a top four team in the Western Conference. That pairing with Anthony Davis is unbelievable. Um, he's just, you know, far and away a great rebounder, um, not a bad ball hand, like, uh, not bad at passing, great scorer, can take the ball out, can, you know, shoot from the three. Um, you've talked about him already, so I don't need to say that much, but I have him a lot higher. Um, I knocked him a few spots because of the injury, but I still have him at nine. Yeah, so at my number nine, I'm going to go with Carl Anthony Towns. That's where I put him. I uh-huh. think that's where he uh, you know, fits in the best, a 24.8 player efficiency rating, uh, almost 60% of field, effective field goal um, percentage. You know, He could easily, coming out of the draft, you easily could have seen him jump into the top five uh, you know, thinking he could be, you know, a great two-way player. He really hasn't developed on the defensive side of the ball like everyone wanted him to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's been an all-star, all-rookie, you know, rookie of the year. Um, and he's, you know, keeping this Timberwolves team um, from missing the playoffs. So that's where I put Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Uh, number eight. This one, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I have Giannis 
Antetokounmpo at number eight. Um, on the year, 27 points, 10 rebounds, just under five assists. Um, he is this Bucks team that is struggling a lot. Um, you know, a PER of 27.6, um, 53% from the field. He still needs to develop that outside shot, which is kind of why I knock him. This is a league where if you're if you're a big man, if you're if you're as tall as you are, you know, so many guys are adapting their outside game. You're seeing guys, you know, Porzingis, uh, Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins, Joel Embiid. Those guys are all able to take it out, um, you know, beyond the arc. Giannis barely shooting over 30% from the three. Um, without this team, without him on the team, the Bucks probably one of the worst teams in the league. Um, he deserves to be in the top 10 just solely because he makes that team playoff relevant and he does a little bit of everything. I don't think that's that ridiculous. No? I have okay. him one spot ahead. Oh, I have okay. him at seven. So uh, number eight, I have Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think he, you know, he's clearly the number four uh, player in the world when healthy, but he's not healthy this year. Yeah. Uh, really costing the Spurs. You can see, you know, they're very mediocre out there. Uh, he's shooting about 47% from the field. Um, he's only, he only played nine games, 16.2 points, 4.7 rebounds. Don't know why I'm reading these numbers because they don't really mean anything. Yeah. Uh, considering he's only played in nine games, um, but you know, offensively and de- defensively, the the combination of the two, um, obviously, you know, a, a top five player when healthy. I just you know had to penalize him uh, for really not helping the Spurs this year. Mm-hmm. And so we have those picks switched. I had Giannis at eight and Kawhi at seven. You have. Uh, Giannis at seven, Kawhi at eight. Um, just like you said, you know, it's crazy that he's played nine games but still has a PER of 26.0. I mean, it just shows how much he brings to that Spurs team. Um, even if the numbers don't compare to normally where they're at, um, is definitely a top five player when healthy. Um, there's just all the um, mystique around what his injury actually is and what's going on with his leg. Um, so until we see him, you know, healthy and consistently playing, I got to knock him a few spots for that. Yep, and uh, yeah, like you said, I have Giannis at seven. Uh, you know, twenty-seven point six per is insane. Um, effective field goal percentage of fifty-four point six percent. It would be way higher if he had a jump shot, um, because he, that three-point shot would bring up the effective field goal percentage. But uh, mm-hmm. averaging a double-double, twenty-seven point one and ten rebounds, almost five assists, uh, and defensively, you know, one of the best defensive players in the NBA. So. Uh, Giannis is my number seven. What about your number six? Number six, I got Russell Westbrook, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, you know, point two rebounds a game away from averaging another triple-double on the year. Uh, 25.5 points, 9.8 rebounds, 10.1 assists. Um, the shooting isn't that great, 29.8% from three. Um, we've seen recently a lot of questionable shots that he's taken in late-game situations. Um, that's kind of where I gave my biggest knock on him. I think he could be number five in the league. Um, his shot selections is scary. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, sometimes I do think he takes away from the talent around him. Um, but still, you know, undoubtedly one of the most talented players in the league can do everything. 24.9 PER, almost 10 win share. Um, definitely deserving of number six on my list. So you're probably going to disagree with me. I'm going to go with Anthony Davis at number six. Uh, you know, 29 PER, that's, you know, amazing. That's one of the top tops mm-hmm. in the NBA. Uh, 53.5% from the field, 28.2 points, 11.1 rebounds. You know, honestly, one of the best two-way players. Once we get to, the you know, this point um, in our top 10, I mean, all these guys kind of blend together with how good yeah. they are. It's really hard for me uh, to pick Russell Westbrook at number five over Anthony Davis, but I did. 
Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he won the MVP. He's about to average a triple double for the second straight season. Uh, he single handedly took the Thunder to the playoffs last year. Um, and, you know, he's basically doing the same thing as last year, just less points. So uh, that's why I went with Russell Westbrook at five. But, you know, Anthony Davis has been terrific. I'm guessing you have him at five. I don't. I actually have him at number four. Wow. My okay. number five is actually Steph Curry. And like Ooh. we said, we've knocked players for some injuries. And you've knocked players a lot, too, so I don't know how you can have Steph Curry that high when he's only played 51 games this year. I mean, you knocked John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Kyrie, you know, a few of those guys have played more than Steph. Um, And yes, when Steph is on the court... Who played more than 51 games? uh, Kyrie. Okay, so that's one guy. Just Kyrie, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Jimmy Butler, I think, did, too. Um, either way, Steph Curry, 51 games on the year. That's why I have him down at five. To me, he's usually the third or second best player in the league. Um, his impact on the court, unbelievable. I mean, if he took his clip right now, he's, he's shooting almost 50% from the field, 42% from three, 92% from the free throw line, PR of 28.2, um, six assists, five rebounds, just, you know, the, the legs, are not there for him. Um, he's dealt with leg injuries his entire career, and it's kind of uh, worrisome because he is 190 pounds. Um, that's not that big for today's NBA. Uh, so I, you know, I'd be scared moving forward with Steph Curry. We really got to make sure his legs are safe because he is one of the best players to ever play the game. I have him knocked down to five because um, of his unavailability. I don't even believe he's 190 pounds. He's you think probably, he's less than that? He's got to be like 175, Probably. 180. Oh, it's bad. That's he's skinny. small. Um, you know, the height might get him to 190, but still. Yeah. All right, so I have Russell Westbrook at number five. I already really, you know, really talked about how it really, you know, even with Anthony Davis. So we'll move on to number four. I'm sure we have the same number four. No. We don't. We don't. I have Anthony Davis. You've already mentioned my number four. Okay. Uh, so I've got Anthony Davis at number four. Um, all the reasons you said, you know, keeping this team afloat while having one of the worst supporting casts in the league, a 29 PER win share of 13.4. He does everything for this team. It's kind of like with Giannis in the Bucks, except Anthony Davis has had more success with his team. Um, yeah, he had help with DeMarcus Cousins for the first half of the season. They would have been even better than they are right now. Um, 25 years old, you, you know, I had questioned a little bit about what we were going to see from him after, you know, he missed the last few years, um, bits and pieces due to injury. Uh, 6'10", 250, and he can shoot 35% from three, 53% from the field, can grab 11 rebounds. Uh, Blocks per game, 2.5 this year. Um, and that's his third highest total in his career. So, I mean, Anthony Davis, um, my number four player, should be, you know, third in MVP voting this season. So, I'm going to change my top 20 right now. Oh, um, all right. I'm going to put Steph Curry at four. Okay. I had Steph Curry at three. Uh, I'm a flipping with James Harden. And... You know, Steph Curry has been, you know, terrific this year. I mean, 51 games, you're penalizing him for that. But yeah. player efficiency rating of 28.2, 92% from the line, uh, 42% from three, 61% effective field goal percentage, over 26 points a game. Uh, you know, another reason I think he has to be in the top five is you take him away from that Warriors team, you put him on a team where he's the number one option, um, and there's not, or, you know, he, he might be the number one option on the Warriors, but... You put him on a team where you know he has to lead them. He could score thirty-five points oh, a game easily. easily. So, uh, you know, the, the baby-faced assassin, which is you know <laughs> one of his nicknames here on Basketball Reference. Um, you know, I I think he's got to be top five. 
um, especially with the injuries. So I have him at number four. Who's your number three? I think we have yeah. the same three, two, one. We have the same three, two, one. So we can talk about it now. James Harden at number three. Yes. Yeah, James Harden. Um, do you want to speak about him first? If you got something pulled up right there. I mean, a twenty-nine point nine player efficiency rating, fifteen point two win shared, eighty almost eighty-six percent from the line, and. That's even more impressive when you think about how many times he goes to the line. Uh, this year, he's averaging uh, 10 attempts a game. So, you know, that's a little bit down from last year, but still 10 attempts, and he's shooting 86% from the line. That's pretty good. Uh, 45% from the field, 30 points, 8.7 assists, 5.4 rebounds. I mean, the beard's been amazing. Yeah, he's, he's the MVP he's this the, year. No doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, you can't say enough about him. Number one team in the in the league. He's leading that unit. Uh, definitely top three player in the league. So number two, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, yeah. Uh, very interesting. Uh, we'll let you start with Kevin Durant. Yeah, my biggest thing, um, when I had a tough time, you know, earlier thinking about Steph Curry versus Kevin Durant, which I valued more. And the defensive presence that Kevin Durant brings is just so much greater than what Steph Curry can do. Steph Curry's a liability on defense. Um, so Kevin Durant, you know, lengthy guy, can shoot from anywhere. Um, great rim protector for the Warriors. Uh, great rebounder. The second best player in the league. I know people want to make a, people have been calling to say, KD's number one. He's not there yet. He's not LeBron James, but definitely the second best player in the NBA. Yeah, I, I feel like after uh, last year's finals when the Warriors won, People were trying to say that that was the torch passed, and not a chance. You know, that, you know, that was probably the most garbage take of the, you know, the NBA the last yeah. five years. Uh, LeBron's obviously still the best player in the world. Um, it's kind of funny you look at Kevin Durant's basketball reference, and it still says he's six foot nine. Uh, the guy's clearly yeah. seven foot tall. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's actually crazy. heard a funny story that he doesn't like being called seven foot because he thinks it's like. A bad thing. Yeah, or he wants to be called six foot twelve or something like no, that. Well, no, he like no? wants to go by six nine. Oh, what? Like Why? he's listed in six nine on everything, but he's clearly seven foot. Like if you see him on the floor, yeah. next to a seven footer, he's like the same height. Yeah, um, that's so weird. Yeah, I don't know if that takes away from him being a guard slash forward. I, I don't know, but no, he's been amazing this year. Uh, player efficiency ratings actually have been lower than a lot of the players we talked about. Twenty six point two, but shooting eighty nine percent from the line. 52% from the field, uh, 26.6 points, 6.9 rebounds, and 5.4 assists. Uh, you know, he's only played in 67 games, which you could penalize him in yeah. for, but, uh, you know, he's clearly the second best player in the world, and it's kind of unfair that the Warriors have two top five players. Right. Uh, so we'll move on to number one, obviously, the GOAT. Not the GOAT, <laughs> but we'll, hopefully the GOAT hopefully someday. The goat someday. Uh, six foot eight, 250-pound LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, what, what can we say? I feel like we've said it enough. I, I'm sure Kevin loves him even more after he missed those two free throws that would have sent his uh, 76ers game in overtime and actually, you know, gave way for the Sixers to move up to that three seed. Uh, so Kevin probably has him at, like, you know, zero if he could. Um, LeBron James does everything. You know, he's the best player in the league. He's been the best player for the last decade. Um, he gets he, he keeps getting better. He keeps doing more for his team. Win share of 13.8, PR 28.6. Uh, unbelievably talented. Not much to say other yeah, than no, I want not. him to complete the, complete the process. Complete the process. Imagine if they had LeBron James, Ben Simmons, and Joe Allen. Crazy. The NBA would break. Twitter would Crazy. break. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, LeBron, since he came in the league, he's had all the pressure on his shoulders, and, you know, he's basically taken that and run with it. I mean, he's averaging 27 points for his career, mm-hmm. uh, 7.4 rebounds, 7.2 assists, uh, shooting 50% for his career. 
uh, he's now gotten his three point percentage up to thirty four percent on his career, which is you know considering uh, his first couple of, or his first year he shot twenty nine percent from three. Yeah. Uh, getting that average up to there, he's shooting almost thirty seven percent this year, which is you know a really good level. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron's got to be the number one. Definitely. So looking at our list, our biggest disagreements. Did you have Damian Lillard on your list? Yes, I did. Okay, I have so about fourteen. Yeah. So oh, th- that's right. We had him at the same. So our biggest disagreements, Chris Paul. Uh, we were different in our spotting on Kyrie Irving and DeMarcus Cousins. Um, you didn't have DeMar DeRozan. Uh, who else is on here that we disagreed on? Oh, Bradley Beal. You didn't have him on your list. That seems to be our biggest ones. Our top 10, essentially, aside from DeMarcus Cousins and Kyrie Irving, was essentially the same. Um, we had disagreements over Steph Curry. That's true. Yeah, I had Steph a little bit. I had him one spot lower than you. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, I feel like relatively the same list, except I had DeMar on there, you had Chris Paul, and... Uh, I don't I don't know, I still don't understand how you don't have Chris Paul in his top 10. I just named all this, I mean, if we were looking, like, what number did you have Kyrie at? Kyrie I have at 17. So you had him at 17. Kyrie Irving, all those numbers that I just brought up, Kyrie Irving was better than Chris Paul, and was more available, was the leader of that team, was better uh, defensively. I just, I just... Can't see Chris Paul at, what, 33, 34 years old as a top 20 player in the league anymore. I mean, we ran through the numbers. He's still one of the best players in the NBA. He is, but I'd say he's outside the top 20. I I mean, I think he could still be one of the best players. I mean... (laughs) So if he he is one of the best players, how is he not in the top 20? He's he's 21 to me. I've said this three times now. He's 21. The rest of these guys, I think, could be the leaders on a team in today's NBA. Chris Paul wasn't able to be a leader on the Clippers. Like he, They had success for a few years, but at, towards the end, it just kind of flamed out. He's a great secondary option. It didn't flame out. They won like 50 games. No, for I'm like, talking about the past, like the last two seasons. Yeah, they won like 48, 50 games each year, and they made the playoffs. And, uh, and what happened in the playoffs? All right, do you want to bring up what happened in the playoffs? Yeah. We'll talk about DeMar DeRozan yeah. then. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just I think that at this point in his career, at 34 years old, I would say that these guys all on my list can be the number one options on a team. I don't think Chris Paul can be anymore. I don't think he can carry the workload of a number one uh, as the number one scorer or number one player on an offense in today's NBA. Gonna have to do some yeah. history on that. Yeah, one, we're just. I guess, I guess we're gonna. But have to. <laughs> you know, that's what makes this episode, um, you know, so entertaining is yeah. you know the fact that we have we just different opinions on yeah, some of these players. That. But we did agree on a lot. So. Yeah. Um, that, you know, we're kind of out of time here. We're running out 46 minutes 46 now. So uh, that'll do it for this week's episode <laughs> of Courtside Take. Uh, this is Kevin Haswell, Blake Pace. Uh, Blake, any last words? Nah, uh, get ready for the playoffs. We have some sweet episodes coming up the next few weeks, uh, gearing up for an exciting NBA playoffs. Yeah, we got the podcast coming out next Monday. So, we'll you know, the playoffs have already been started by then, but, you know, we'll still preview some matchups, uh, talk about, you know, our picks for the postseason, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Yep, take care.